Hello, it is me. What is up? It's Ryan. Me, the me that I just mentioned. It's it's the, the person talking. It's Ryan. It's me and all my friends. It's the podcast. You're listening to it. You're putting it in your ear holes. What's going on? It's good to have you. Are you good? Are you are you tired? I'm tired as hell, man. I I, I uh, as you might know if you've been following my Instagram and been seeing the pictures. I've been traveling a lot. Uh, I'm out with Logan Paul shooting his show. Uh, Logan Paul versus Unwatchable, another plug. Um, and boy, my arms are tired, and so is the rest of my body. I literally just got home uh, from driving from Vancouver, Canada to, to, to Tijuana, Mexico, and it was one of the most intense uh, driving-related, travel-related things I've ever done because uh, we basically didn't stop, and we basically went the whole way. Um, but I couldn't not do the intro to the podcast, so I had to come back, had to do the podcast before I go out again, and maybe you're going to get a special road edition of me and all my friends next week. Stay tuned for that. Uh, what else is going on? Not a, I mean, not, not like a whole lot other than that, because that has been like my hours and hours and hours work schedule every week. Uh, but I got like a new short film with a particular YouTuber that I've worked with before. That's going pretty well. I think that's going to be fun. Uh, I got a lot of stuff to look forward to. I hope you have stuff to look forward to, too. Um, well, I hope you're working on stuff now because you gotta, you know, you can't put too much in, in the future. I think that that's like probably something I was been working on for a long time. I have been working on for a long time and then getting better at It's like, oh no, I'm not, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm working on this. I'm going to do this. Uh, no, do you put stuff in front of you now? Do it now. Why not? Um, I hope you have those things. I hope those things are true. Hey, have you been re- leaving reviews? For the podcast, I see it's. I see we're up in a little bit in the numbers. We're getting a few more, few more comments. Uh, I know that Jordan's episode the last week was was one that was listened to uh, by a few of you. I hope you liked it. That dude is the freaking best, uh, and I was so happy to, to to talk to him. Speaking of the best, maybe you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes. Maybe you're subscribed to it on SoundCloud. Maybe you're seeing it every single week, just like you want to. Uh, if you got suggestions of people that uh, you might want to see, hey, you could start sending that in. You could start uh, telling me who you, I should talk to, and maybe I'll reach out to them, and maybe we'll get them on the freaking show. Speaking of show, uh, another. How was that transition? How was that? I'm getting better, right? Is the energy up? Am, 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 am I better than I was eight weeks ago or ten weeks ago whenever we started this thing? Uh, Sarah Mayhoff is on the podcast this week. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm a little loopy. Like I said, I'm a little tired. I'm, I'm, I'm working through it. Sarah Mayhoff, um, what can I say that uh, would sum it up? It's, it, it's hard. Um, Sarah Mayhoff is, is such an incredible person and someone that like, uh, and we touched on this a little bit, that like as soon as we met, it was like, you know, not it was like magnetic, but like not in a way where we were like hanging out all the time or anything like that. Like it was we've had this incredible growth of a friendship over the, the last couple of years. And and it's also funny that I met her kind of in a bubble, like through um, one friend that I wasn't even hanging out with that much. And so not a lot of people that I know know Sarah. And 
So I'm so happy to to put this conversation out there. She, uh, unlike a lot of people on the show, she lives in Kansas City. She's not from LA. She doesn't do anything in the entertainment industry. So I think it's gonna it's 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 a super fresh conversation. She's 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 got a lot of good stuff to say, and and that's what you know the podcast for me has been all about is giving um, people that I know. Uh, to be incredibly interesting that would not necessarily have a platform to put it out there to, 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 to give them this platform and to put the microphone in front of them and let them talk in. Sarah talks your freaking head off. She's going to talk your head off in a good way. Your head's going to come back, but it, it, you're, you're going to be glad it was gone for a while. I love this conversation. I love Sarah. Um, uh, I'm so happy to share this with you. Uh, keep on listening. Uh, keep on reviewing. Keep on hitting me up on the social medias. I'm Rye Blue everywhere. Uh, let's talk, dude. Let's talk about the podcast. Let's talk about things you hear. Uh, would love to hear from you. Um, is there anything else? I gotta go. I'm gonna. I have to go sleep for about four hours before I'm on a plane to Louisiana tomorrow. So I'm just gonna leave you with this. I hope you're a little. You hear those birds? Oh, they just stop. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm gonna leave you with this conversation with the amazing Sarah Mayhoff, and I'll see you next week. I always have to put it towards the guest because my voice is so stupid and loud. Yeah, you do talk really loud. Um, well, that's like, it's one of those things where, like, we should probably also avoid putting things on the table. Like, okay. I'm even going to put the line, like, off the table because it's very um, uh, metally, so it'll... I mean, it is metal yeah so it'll like make some noise and stuff like that you know what maybe we could even do is we could sorry mr cactus we could put it on this little cork that might that might do a little bit of sound muffling maybe not maybe i'm wrong this is um this is like for sure also the best setup i've had doing this really yeah uh like because most people most of the time i'm in people's like shitty la apartments and like we're here and you're like like uh very character heavy like kansas city home yeah. it's like a full-on home and it's like a nice quiet room we have two chairs and a table for the microphone like there's been yeah. usually it's not this um but i was the guest on a podcast the other day this where is the cool thing about living in a house yeah i mean it's that you get it's the cool thing is that you get to do podcasts in it no it's that there's just like there's so many options, and it, it's, like, nice because you do have things like end tables right. and chairs yeah. and space. It, yeah. Well, here we are. This is it, man. We're already in it, by the way. Okay. Yeah. I, I have the thing. The official, I guess technically the official start of every podcast is where I explain to the person I'm talking to Okay. that I, I really struggle with um, putting on, like, a character when I do this, I, can you tell? Can you tell that I'm doing it right now? Because I am. So, and it's unconscious. I don't try to do it, but it happens. I can, but I feel like you, like, I know you well enough to know that there are certain situations I've been in with you where mm. I feel like you put on a character, but that's also part of who you are. Oh, yeah, like socially. For sure, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's a character, but it's not? Yeah, that's true. That enough. Yeah, I agree. But, yeah, so, I mean, it's, that's like one of the ultimate, like, quests of doing this talking to people thing is that like eventually i'm gonna be 
not self-obsessed in a way where I can just start the conversation and not be like, just so you know, I'm struggling with how to talk to you. I don't think it's self-obsessed. I think, I don't know, I can just tell the difference between, um, and I think everyone has this, the difference between, like, social Ryan, just, like, regular Ryan, Mm -hmm. and then working Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Because they're, like, they're all the same Ryan, but there's, like, different... Yeah, I guess everyone has, like, a different... Like, maybe mine is the just... The personality is the same, but, like, the way it's... How it comes out, sure. Yeah, yeah. And everyone probably has it, but maybe, like, certain people's are just cranked up a little bit more. Or, or oh, like, yeah, definitely. Like, mine are definitely cranked up. Like, my... Sometimes, like, even in different social situations, I might be a different person. You know, like, I might be the yeah. really loud and trying to make jokes, or I might... Be really quiet, you know, it's different all the time. No, I get that for me. It's just like it depends on my mood. Yeah. Well, it depends how tired I am. <laughs> That's, that does dictate a lot. Well, yeah, you're a very, like, like sleep. Most, I'm such a sleepy person. Yeah. Um, I guess the official, the official, official okay. intro is, like, where I say, like, hello, this is me and all my fr- This is, oh, wait, no. I'm forgetting it already. Uh, hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm here with my friend, uh, professional bad bitch. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. What is there a different? Like the only thing I'm professional at. Is there a different? Like, would you prefer a different uh, noun? Than bitch. Well, then, like bad, like like usually it's like I'm here with filmmaker or musician or something. But you're kind of a life. You're just a life liver, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just awesome. You look so proud of that. Just like. I'm here with Sarah, generally awesome human being. Mm-hmm. Sarah Mayhoff. She's here. Uh, and she's folding her laundry, which is also, again, talking about how, like, ideal this setup is, no one that I've done this with has had, like, the wherewithal to, like, to, to freaking do it. Like, oh, I got to do my laundry. I'm going to yeah. fold my laundry. Well, I'm not good at, like, just sitting down and not doing anything. Sure. So it'll help you. Um, yeah. So this will help me. I do that sometimes where, like, sometimes I'll feel the need to, like, especially in a work setting, I'll feel the need to draw when I'm being, when I'm talking or listening because it'll help me, like, mm, not actually visualize what's being said, but, like, kind of in, like, an abstract way, like, visualize and remember things, I guess. I don't know. Um, I get that. Anyways, here we are in Kansas City. The first, the first, also, this is a lot of firsts, man. This is the first one not done in L.A., Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And also, I feel like this is a notable one because you are one of my best friends, like, for life. And so, like, it's, it's, it's good. Like, there's, like, not, there's a, there's, I mean, there's a handful of people that are, but it's, like, I can't do me and all my friends without, like, having, like, showcasing. Like, all your friends. But, yeah, all of the friends. And, and, well, and the other thing is, too, is that you don't live in LA, so you're not someone I see regularly. So right. it's, like, I'm glad that we are able to talk and sit. I mean I'm glad we're able to talk off this. microphone but I'm glad that we're able to talk on microphone and have this wonderful little um little piece of memorabilia. yeah a little a little thing that we can look back on um yeah yeah so when when did we meet 2013 was it yeah I don't was, remember that I'm so bad with years uh, I remember we met at a party. Lauren's apartment Lauren and Jimmy's apartment mm-hmm and that was in New York. We were both living in New York. City. 
and then we were hanging out and seeing each other for a while, but then, like, I was done with college. Yeah, and I I think, like, too, like, the point in our life when we met each other was mm-hmm. super weird. Like, we tried to date, but, like, I think both of us were just, like, that. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was no way, like, like I would... I wasn't this is so silly. Right. And but it, the funny thing too was that like there are totally like people that I've like met at parties or met at just went off things and like gotten to know them well enough and then I never see them again. Yeah. But for like one reason or another, like I feel like we so rarely have seen each other like by the day compared to yeah. other people in my life, but like we've always remained like such good friends. Really close. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that too though has a lot to do with just like our personalities mm-hmm. and they work very well together mm-hmm, and I think it yeah. like when we met each other you were like you were still in school mm-hmm. and you were like about to graduate and so like you were and the things that make us different mm-hmm. like just didn't work, work out yeah at the time because at the time, you were like, you know, like, I schedule time to sit and write, and I schedule time to mm-hmm. do this, and, like, I can't hang out because, like, this, like, you were just, like, in school and finishing school. Yeah, and yeah. And I was, like... You were just, you were... Literally the polar opposite. I was, like, I'm just here to have fun right. and make poor decisions <laughs> right. 24-7. Right, right. <laughs> well, let's... So, but the, this is good, because now I want to get there, because the other thing that excites me about also sitting and having this conversation with you... Is I feel like for as long as I have as I have known you, and also it like until this day, yeah, this this April twenty fifth of twenty seventeen, um, you despite me knowing you very well, I feel like I also know nothing about you. Yeah, well, that's so that's like part of my thing. <laughs> because okay, so let's. I like to keep a little mystery. Mm-hmm. I always wanted. Um, I, like, remember learning what the word elusive meant, and I always wanted to be described that way. Would you remember when you learned what that word was? Yeah, I think I was, like, like, I had heard it before, but I didn't, like, really grasp it mm-hmm. until, like, I was, like, in college, and I was, re- I was like, in, like, a creative writing class, and I was, like, oh, elusive, what a cool way. Yeah, to be, sure. To be described. Like, <laughs> it's, like, mysterious, but cooler. I would say that you've succeeded. And so I was like, I want to be an elusive person. And for a really long time, I like couldn't figure it out because like you can't make yourself elusive. Mm-hmm. And, but when I moved to New York City, mm-hmm. you figured it out. I was like, this, this is, this, this is how you is do it. it. This is how you do it. Okay. And I think a big part of my elusiveness was that when I lived in New York, um a huge part of me meeting people Mm -hmm. was that I was just like I'm gonna start trolling people (laughs) in real life and I think that was also the point when I'm where I was just like this is such a big city there's so many people here like you're anonymous in New York I can yeah I can confidently say that at least 80% of the people I meet on a daily basis I'm never gonna see again sure yeah so nothing really matters in my interaction with right. them. Right, well, especially because... I mean, not that sounds like 
so cool. No, but it's terrible. true. No, but it's true that there's like especially coming from where you're from, you're from like super small town like yeah. Pennsylvania where you do see all the same people and you're driving on the same roads and whatever. Yeah. And then to like remove yourself from that and be like, oh wait, there's a million people I'm not Right. I'm not and I almost feel like nothing really matters when I meet them in the sense of like like I I am like a firm believer that your interactions with people can affect them in ways that you don't know because you don't know what people are going through. And sure. I think it's super important to interact with people and be kind and have good intentions and mm-hmm. not, you know, be a dick to them. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like I'm meeting all these people and I'm probably never going to see them again and they don't know me so I can be as ridiculous as I want <laughs> and it doesn't matter. And so that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then it was so freeing to just be like, sure. oh, wait, I am just a genuinely ridiculous person. And this is so much fun to literally not care. Right. Did, did that makes sense? Just not care. Yeah. And well, a lot of my decision making during that time in my life was based on, will this make a good story? Sure. Well, in let's, I want to, I want to crack the nut, okay. dude. I want to crack, crack the nut. it. All right. Where where were you born? Plum fairy. Yeah, I was born in. <laughs> these are things I most of these things I don't know, so this okay. is new for me. I was me. born in like Wilkes-Barre, which is Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, so like northeastern Pennsylvania, Greater Scranton, Wilkes-Barre area. Um, I was born there. I lived there my entire life. The house I grew up in mm-hmm. was the house that my great grandfather built so you got like came from poland shit and then three blocks away was my babchi's house which is polish for grandma and that's the house that they built when they sold my parents their house so <laughs> like small coal mining town right super legacy all a bunch of old polish people who all knew me mm-hmm. somewhere or another were right. probably related to me did we ever talk about how both of our great-grandparents came from poland because I have a great-grandfather who came from Poland. I didn't know that. Yeah. Off I the, always off the thought boat. that, like... I don't know if this is, like, a real memory or, like, one of those, like, made-up memories. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I have this memory at Lord's party of you just being, like... Of me telling you that you were, like, super white because you told me that you're... Um, relatives were like straight off the Mayflower. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And I was just like, that's literally as white as possible. Yeah, it's, I am super white in that way. We're like my in the way that like you are like my dad's side of the family has like you like I have relatives that have remained within fifty miles of where they landed in Massachusetts, yeah. going back to when they landed. That's so insane. yeah. Uh, anyways, no, we're talking about you. This is the Sarah Mayhoff episode. This is Sarah Mayhoff. Uh, so Poland. Poland. To Pennsylvania. To Pennsylvania. Super. You're the middle of three? I am... I can't believe I don't even know that. No. It's Shit. super weird. Okay. <coughs> Wait, are your parents together? Yes. Okay. I was the youngest of four for ten years, and then Samuel was right. a little surprise. That's so weird, because I thought you only had a much older brother. Mm-hmm. 
and a much younger brother. I have three older brothers. You have three older brothers. And a younger brother. And they're much older than you. No. Um, Tony's seven years older than me. So, yeah. Johnny's six years older than me. Michael's four years older than me. So, um, uh, not that much older, but older, older. Yeah. Um, and then you have Timmy, who's ten years younger than you. <laughs> so, oh, he's a little shit. Yeah. So he's probably my favorite at this point in our okay. lives. Well, that makes sense. What do your What do your parents do? My father has worked at the same factory as a head mechanic for over forty years. Holy shit! It's been bought and sold by different companies, but he is just been he's a fixture the entire time. Uh huh. Um, it's always a big joke how he's never gonna retire. He's just gonna drop dead in the factory. <laughs> What if he does? I mean, it's popsicle. Would you? Um, would you be like excited about? Like, would you be like happy for him if that happened? If he died? No, 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 no. Like, like, would you be like, well, at least he died like doing what he loved or whatever. Like, no, no. You want I him want to get my happy. dad to retire and move to North Carolina with my older brother mm-hmm. and go to NASCAR races mm-hmm. and like not work. Sure. Twelve hour shifts. Yeah. Sixty three. Well, he's got. He's got a son that needs to go to college so he can't do that anytime soon i know that sucks but like maybe samuel won't go to college well if uh, he's smart um so and what's your mom do does your mom work my mom works for american airlines okay so she works at the airport she worked at a bank she worked at banks the entire time we were growing up then Mm -hmm. when samuel was born she stopped working Mm -hmm. and she stayed at home and she like babysat okay um, like yep. one of our school teachers, who's a family friend, she was, watched her kid, and right. it, like the timing worked out and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but once Samuel got a little older and was in school all the time, she started working at the airport mm-hmm. because at that point, like she had like me and then my brother Michael were still at home, mm-hmm. like mooching off of our. <laughs> so. uh. So, okay, that makes sense. My mom did a version of that, but she didn't have 20 years of kids. It's like extra kids. To deal with, yeah. yeah. Um, so, extra kids. So, uh, so how was, like, growing up for you? Like, I honestly, did, were you public schools? Were you private schools? No. Growing no. up for me was super interesting. Mm-hmm. I, especially, like, being the only girl mm-hmm. with Yeah, with a ton boys. of boys, yeah. And... There were, like, definitely a lot of moments growing up that are, like, very, like, specifically in my brain. It's, like... Okay. In what way? changing moments. Oh, okay. So, like, like shifting... Yeah. Your, okay. So, like, growing up in general... Like, when I was young, we went to private Christian school... Okay. ...that was in the church where we went to church and it was operated by like it was like super small there were yeah. 112 kids nope oh, total the whole school total in mm-hmm. grades kindergarten through 12th grade mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was it there was like five kids in my grade <laughs> and once i got to the age of like so it was in like sixth fourth grade <laughs> my best friend bethany who like i met her when i was literally six months old right and she was born, and we were, like, together. in Sunday school yeah. and, like, the nursery together. She, um, when I was in fourth grade, a new girl started at the school in our grade, and her name was Abby. 
And I think that was when, like, Abby and Bethany became best friends. Uh-huh. And then I was just, like... Relegated to not being... Like, fuck this. No <laughs> way. Like, this school is way too small. You can't have more than one best friend. Yeah. <laughs> and... It's funny how those things work when you're that age. Where, like... Oh, yeah. Like, you don't know how big the world is, so you make your world as big... As big as your surroundings. Yeah, And, exactly. like, for me, my world was home, school, and church, and school and church were basically the the same same place. (laughs) And so I remember that, and then, like, that was kind of when I started to, like, not like going to school. Okay. Um, And Abby was, like, blonde and cute. Like, she wasn't. Like, the three of us, like, look at pictures now. Or like we're just like, Are you friends with both of them now? Mm-hmm. Sweet. We look at pictures now, and we're just like, what? What was happening? <laughs> like, A, why did we care about how we looked? We were in fourth grade. Yeah. B, why did any of us think that any of the other one looked good? Because none of us did. Like, we were all just, like, so awkward. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, it's like this. Those little things that right. no one That's tells growing. You. That's a lot of growing up, I think. No one tells you yeah. when you're a child. Um, so what was the lesson there then from... Or was that just really you being, like, more independent? Well, yeah. So that was when I kind of, like, started to, like, not feel super comfortable mm-hmm. in the school that mm-hmm. I had been going to since kindergarten. Right. So, um, and then it was, like, when I was in... Seventh grade, Bethany's cousin Stephanie, who's such a total bitch, like just was like she was like a very stereotypical mean girl, mm-hmm. and she didn't like my brothers because my brothers didn't like her. Yeah. So she kind of like she couldn't do anything to them because they were older. Yeah. Um, and she was like two years older than us. Okay. So she kind of like took it out on me. Oh, good. It was just like super mean to good, me. Good, good, good. <laughs> but Bethany loved her because like she's Bethany's older cousin. So mm-hmm. Bethany like looked up to her. So you and, started like, to get like alienated. I, yeah, like I started that. to get like alienated and really like that was like the first experience I had with like a click. Uh huh. And in a school that's small, you have nowhere else. You have nowhere to run. To go. Yeah. So it's like if these three, the three other girls in your grade are not your friends. You're screwed. Then where are your friends? It yeah. was like the type of school where like I was a cheerleader for seventh, like seventh and eighth grade. Forgot not because it. I wanted to be a cheerleader. Uh-huh. It was the only option. Yeah. Like I tried track and field and I was like. That was, like, my first experience with being, like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Running. No way. (laughs) Like, I was great at soccer, but Mm. I, like, quit because I was, like, there's no way I can run every day for practice. It's ridiculous. But cheerleading is, like, intense. Like, you have to, like, throw people and and jump and crap. Yeah, but I was always getting thrown because that was, like, I was so, I was so tiny. Right. You're still tiny. Super tiny. Mm -hmm. And... So then it was, like, seventh grade when all that happened, and mm-hmm. I started feeling, like, really uncomfortable at school, and okay. just, like, not welcome, mm-hmm. and I felt, like, really alone, and so I asked my mother, um, so when I was in eighth grade, 
I asked my mom if I could go to public school mm-hmm. for high school. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she, like, talked to me about it. And she was like, sure. yeah, if that's something that you want to do, then, like, tons of goes. Sure, sure, sure. That's good parenting. Um, so I went to the private school, kindergarten through eighth grade, and then I went to public school for high school. Okay. And did you know people in the private school, or was it like... Like, what was the transition like for that? Because that's kind of, that could be intense, especially with how, like, small your... It was intense. Um, My next-door neighbor, Nikki, who was a year older than me, she had been going to Pittston area, so... What's, wait, what's that? Pittston area is the public school. Okay, was it a district, or was it just your town? Um, so they're really small towns, so it's like a whole district. Yeah, that's my... A bunch of... Yeah, mine was the same thing, too. Mine was, like, five towns or something Um, like that. So, I knew her, and, like, I had grown up with her, and she's one of my best friends. And then, also, my cousin, like, I don't know, she's, like, a second cousin or something. Lauren? Mm -mm. Mm-mm. My cousin Leslie. Um, Our moms are cousins? That'd be maybe second cousin once removed? Yeah, something like that. Some bullshit. Yeah, who cares? After um, you're straight up cousins, it doesn't matter. Right. It does, doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> so, like, not my immediately co- immediate cousin, but, like, related to me. Sure. Somehow. Sure. She went there and she was in my grade, but, like, I didn't really know her. I'd only ever seen her at, like, family functions, like, every once and again. But there is... So, there was, like, a familiarity and you also... It was a thing you wanted. Ooh, I did go on vacation with her. Okay. So, you knew. But the point is, so you go to it high school... It was terrible. <laughs> Do you, do you want is that like her family was terrible okay so like I do remember that um but yeah you, so I knew a couple people and you wanted it too which was yes right um it was still really hard mm-hmm. like I look back on high school and I don't I don't know bullying is really hard for me because like I get it mm-hmm. and I was definitely bullied but I also like don't get it because yeah. I'm just like how's so, that? Like, it was never like, and I know like it depends on the kid, but like I don't know. I was bullied in high school, but it was never something that you felt like that overwhelmed. I felt like was going to carry on into my future. Sure, or you, you were... know what I mean? Like I think, and it's because I was bullied by like kids who were like dumb. Yeah. Dudes. So yeah. Yeah. Like it was. It's was. It still affected me a lot. Right. But I was kind of still able to be like. Well, that's huge to, at that age. What an idiot! But at that age, to have your head above water enough where you're like, so and so isn't gonna, like, I don't even care about this person. Yeah. So like, even, like, you weren't over. You never it felt overwhelmed bo- by it. Right. Necessarily. It's, it definitely still bothered me a yeah. lot and like played like a huge role mm-hmm. in like my self-confidence and my Mm self-esteem and where I felt like my place was but it never was like I never imagined that it was gonna care like be that way outside of high school Mm -hmm. like to me I was very like sure that like this is high school and high school sucks and people who say that these are the best years of your life are like literally (laughs) like that's when they peaked yeah, 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 yeah. It's you know? true. And I guess, like, and I always had that 
like inner dialogue of being like, okay, well you're mean to me, but you also like can't pass math. Yeah. So, so good on you. Yeah. yeah. Um, did I you... may need braces, but you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> did you? <laughs> did you not have braces? I had braces for three years. For three years? In high school. What's a normal amount of time to have braces? Two years, a year. Four years? That's a normal amount of time to have braces? I feel like I had braces for like a month. <laughs> Not really, but I feel like I had braces for like a year maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It depends. Um, they told me I was okay. going to have to have braces on for five years and I only had them on for three. Because my teeth moved Braces is such a jit, dude. Braces, braces is like such a money thing because like they could probably put them on you later in life and have it only be for six months but instead they put put them on you when your teeth are forming well no so you're not supposed to and that's why my mom wouldn't get me braces until i was 16 because Ooh. you're not supposed you... to get them younger and i was so mad at her yeah because it was like i don't want i don't want braces in high school yeah that like, sucks i already have to get glasses yeah so then i was like literally running around with braces and glasses and well, i was just like Oh my god, every television show I've ever watched in <laughs> high school tells me that this makes me a huge dork. Is, well, the other thing about having braces is, like, I, I don't know if it's worse to have, like, full-on braces when you're younger or to have, like, Invisalign when you're, like, an adult or an older person. You know, because, like, people with big mouth, and I'm not saying, like, we gotta have braces, you gotta have braces, no. Right. But, like, people that, like, try to hide the braces, it might be worse than braces. Well, yeah, I definitely needed braces. Yeah, me too. I have such a narrow jaw I had to get including my wisdom teeth I've gotten a total of eight adult holy teeth holy shit how there just wasn't room <laughs> you got a tiny little mouth no room for those all my adult teeth <laughs> they're literally just like we gotta get these out of here yeah um and like all my brothers my three older brothers all had braces so you got bad teeth and their teeth are not they like didn't wear their retainer so my mom made them pay her back Shit, like five thousand dollars. They got older. Shit, that's <laughs> awesome. Like, as as Tony got married. My mom was like, "Oh, don't forget, you owe me five grand for your braces." Whoa, that's tight. Because <laughs> it was a waste of her money. She yeah, like, he didn't wear the retainers. Yeah, I wore my retainers up until my wisdom teeth came in. Yeah, you got. I'm looking at. I've been so, looking at your teeth since you said like braces, and teeth. you got good teeth. I have. They're um, nice and straight. This one moved when my wisdom teeth were coming in. Oh, um, but. I'm like, I could get an Invisalign or just so Yeah, it's so, it's so much to deal with. It's a waste of money. Um, so did you, I mean, before high school was done, did you, um, did you acclimate? Did you have friends by the end of it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I joined the swim team. I knew that. Totally forgot about it. Um, oh, yeah, I was a great swimmer. Mm -hmm. How good? I acclimated and I definitely made friends um, outside. I don't. I, like, stopped talking to my friend Nikki. Like, we had a falling out. Like, the girl who lived next door who I knew when I started. Right, 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 right. We, she just was, like, really different than who I knew her as. Okay. Like, in school. And yeah. so. Well, that happens, too. And you're so young. And everyone's right. changing and so, like, so quickly. we weren't, like, we didn't really, like, stay friends. Right. And. I had like a new friend group, and she had like her own friend group. So you you didn't you didn't have four years of like awful. No. You kind of, you you got your you found your way through, and you found your your thing, and the whole. Yeah, the I figured. You, it you, out. you okay? So yeah, anything else about those those high school years? Not really. 
I, don't I feel like that's like most people's stories. You just yeah. kind of do it. For me, like, I know there are people who high school is like a a big thing for them. Like, I'm, I'm kind of where they person. met like their best friends yeah. or like even like their significant others or uh-huh, just like uh-huh. people that they like still talk to. Yeah. I am only friends with one person who I know from high school. Okay. And I'm not even like that good of friends. Good friends. Yeah. Like when I would see her out, like we would like talk, but yeah. Like I would never like call her. Right. Or go visit her. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like somewhere in between because like, all of my regular friends are like like all of my like uh like by regular i mean like i often talk to them and see them yeah are they're all like the last couple of years and all like post high school and a little bit in some college and stuff yeah. like that but like like high school is also very formative for me and i have a lot of good friends that i text a lot and see when i can see them yeah. So I don't know, but I'm definitely not like a best years of my life kind of person. Yeah, high school was not. I don't know who for me. is the best years of their life kind of person. College, not for me. I don't talk to anyone. Well, that's so you graduate. College. Did you graduate college? No. No. Okay. I so left college. Right. After so, like a year and a half. Where did you go to school? The Art Institute of Schittsburg. Okay. <laughs> Good one. Uh, what uh college. what made you why did you go to college? Um because I felt like it's what I was supposed to do. So it wasn't like your parents were making you necessarily. No. I and that's like a bit a thing that my mom and I talk about now is mm-hmm. how like she was like I don't know why you, like I never told you that like you had to go to college and I was like yeah but it was always kind of implied sure. to me that like that's what you do after high school. Oh, that's like normal, especially when you live in the suburbs like that. Yeah. Like, like it's you like go to college. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't want to be like the disappointing child who's like, <laughs> I don't know what I want to do. I'm not uh-huh. going to go to college. Also, I was like very ill informed when uh, I like when I made the decision to go to college. Okay. So what um, what did you go to school for? <laughs> <laughs> I went to school for fashion and business management. Fashion and business management. Yeah. What, it, what did, were you doing fashion? So, it was like, the whole point of it was to prepare you to open up your own retail store. Uh-huh. Which I didn't know going into it. Because I would not have done it because I hate retail. It's like a fiery passion. Uh-huh. I hate anything else in my life. Um, and... I, like, I was under the impression, even when I went to visit the school, but I guess this is, like, what colleges do, I was under the impression where I was, like, I want, my guidance counselor said, if you can do anything, what would you do? I was, like, I don't know, I guess I would be, like, a creative director for a fashion magazine. Mm Mm-hmm. Just ran- that was kind of just a random... That was, like, yeah. what I was, like, at the time, what I was into mm-hmm. was I really liked reading W and Vogue and, like, Nylon. And, yeah. like, I liked... I liked it more for, like, the styling and, like, the um, 
like I wouldn't even read it. I just like looking at at those the things. pictures and the way that like it was put together mm-hmm. and the lighting and the styling. So it was like I was like, oh, I'd be a creative director for a fashion magazine. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, cool. Here's this one connection we have to one art school. Yeah, yeah. That's what you should do. So you just did it. You... So I just did it. Yeah. <clears throat> and um. And I hated it. That was miserable. <laughs> I hated college. So you left. So I left. Also, so like a thing that I don't know if you know about me. I feel like you do. But maybe not. So I have bipolar 2. I don't think I knew that. Which I didn't find out. Until then. Until like two years ago. Shit. Um, yeah. So when I was in college, I was smoking like a re- ridiculous amount of weed and that's not an exaggeration it's yeah. literally like wake and bake like smoking joints on the smoke deck smoking on my way to school yeah. like all day every day high 24 7 yeah which when you have a chemical imbalance in your brain is not that's a, no bueno a cool thing to right do. but like i didn't know the difference and so, like, and I couldn't sleep at night. Mm-hmm. And so I would just, like, smoke more pot. And then <laughs> I just got, like, super depressed and was, like, miserable. And I had terrible anxiety. So mm-hmm. my mom was, like, mm, maybe. And, like, I wouldn't ask my mom yeah. if I could come home. Okay. Because I didn't want to, like, be that kid. Yeah. But so she was finally, like, think that you maybe you should come home yeah sure take a break that's good for a little while if you want to go back you can go back if you don't it sounds like the, your mom is the real like mvp of this story my mom is a real mvp most of the time mm-hmm. i mean she's crazy but i think like when it actually came down to it she like she pulled through good decisions yeah. uh so college ends you're you don't know that you're having significant mental things yeah but you're at least dealing with them. I knew I had OCD. Yeah. And so you're, what, 20 at that point? 19? Started college when I was 17. So oh, so you're... I was 19. Okay. Fresh 19. A fresh. And when did, what was the next? There was this, I don't know. I went home. Mm-hmm. And then <coughs> I went to New York City to visit my friend Kelly. Okay. And she was like, she's six years older than me. So she was like, you should just move out here and live with me for a little while Mm -hmm. and figure it out. And like, maybe you can go back to school. Yeah. Or maybe you just work, you know, like you're only 19. Like I'll keep an eye on you. Like we'll figure it out together. Mm -hmm. And I gave my mom that option. But at the time, my mother was super religious. Whoa. That was a loaded sentence. Yeah, um, and so she was like, I'm not letting you move to New York City because <clears throat> your walk with God isn't strong enough. Shit, yeah. And so she made a she made a deal with me. She was like, whatever, if you want to move, move, but your school loans are going to kick in and you're going to have to pay them. Hmm. And she, like, gave me options. She's like, if you do one of these three Bible programs, I'll pay your school loans. 
And I was like, uh, sold. Yeah. Like, I'm not an idiot. So what's a Bible program? Talk about it. So that was the first time I came to Kansas City. Whoa, where we are now. Mm-hmm. So 2009. Uh-huh. October 2009. <laughs> okay. I came to Kansas City for a three-month program. Like, uh-huh. basically like a Bible school. It's like a three-month Bible school. So you just, what's that mean? <laughs> it's so weird. Oh, um, <clears throat> it's important to note that at this point in my life, is definitely a cult. Wait, what's a, whoa. The you, Bible school the that bi- I went to. That you went to. At the time, I didn't. You want to throw them? No, that. You want to throw them under the bus or not? Yeah, I'll totally throw them under the bus. Totally cult. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Well, I've been by like saying their names specifically. International House of Prayer. International House of Prayer. <laughs> International House of Pancakes. Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. International House of Prayer. Okay. So Um, it's a cult. Your mom's into it. Yeah. So like I went there and I did this Bible school. Oh, she just really likes pets. I went there and I did this Bible Mm. school um, for three months. And I ended up meeting like really good people Mm -hmm. and forming very... um, intentional relationships mm-hmm. so i stayed for I like another that. three months i like intentional relationships yeah. that's nice so i stayed for another three months um just because i liked it in kansas city and i liked being with those people uh-huh. like up until that point all the people that i had met were kind of like forced meetings you know what i mean right. like these are the people that you have to choose from kind mm-hmm. of thing and so when I came to Kansas City and there was like people from all over mm-hmm. and I was like meeting new people, um, I really liked that. So I stayed here for a while and then I forget what, something happened where I like ended up just like moving back home. Okay. I, I left my You didn't finish at- Bible school. No, I finished Bible school. Oh, okay. It was only a six-month thing. It was oh. super Wait, it was, I thought you said it was three months. It was three months, and then I stayed for another three months. Okay. So it was six months. So you just love the Bible. Okay. Well, I stayed because I liked the people. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you... I guess I'm just confused about, like, the day-to-day like of Bible... Bible yeah, the day-to-day yeah. of Bible school. Day-to-day of Bible school. There's a lot of rules that I was constantly getting in trouble for breaking. Did you... Because s- I was like, I'm an adult. <laughs> um, <laughs> and did you already were you staying like on the premises yeah so they own apartments so I guess like an important thing to know about the bible school is that they call it an internship okay but that sucks you pay them to be there mm-hmm. so it wasn't an internship it's a school and you take classes about the Bible. All of them are about the Bible. Yes. Give me, like, can you give me an example? Yes. I take class about the book of Revelation. Okay. So you so read it's the... kind of like theology. So you, re- you read a part of the book of Revelations. And then you study, and you, like, you study it. Like and you, you parse it apart. Like a history book. Yeah. And it was like, what is this supposed to tell us? What is this? Mm-hmm. What are you... Okay. And so, yeah. you, so you basically have, like, all your classes are, like, the book of Genesis, the book of whatever, the yeah, book so of there, Matthew. Yeah, so there was, like, 
classes on that, and a lot of it was geared towards like the end of times. Okay, fun. Which they're making you drink. They're basically culty. yeah. They're basically having you drink the Kool Aid. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, do you feel like any part of you now, like however eight years later, do you mm-hmm. feel like you gained anything from that? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, not. From the ministry itself, like not from IHOP. Right. right. But from, like, a, another big part of it was just like figuring out who you were and where your place was. Sure. So the opportunities I had to talk to people, and it was kind of like the first time where I could talk to someone who I didn't know. Mm hmm. And about, like, things like, do you have unforgiveness? You know, these are the, this is how you're feeling. Why do you feel that way? Like, hmm. um, so it was definitely, like, a soul-searching thing. Right. Which, for me, at that point, was super beneficial. That's awesome. Because I was always the type of kid who, like, I would just hold things in. So... Like, I was having night terrors, but I wouldn't tell anyone that I was having night terrors. Mm-hmm. It would just be like, oh, I have a bad dream. Yeah. And, but- like, half the time I wouldn't even... Like, I was the kind of kid that instead of going in my parents' room and waking up my parents when I had a bad dream, uh-huh. I would just, like, sneak into their room and lay on the floor so that they didn't know I was there. <laughs> like, I have always been, like, a little bit shady and a little bit sneaky. A little bit of a creep. Uh-huh. And, like, very, like, I keep things in. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, like, a sharer. You've always been that way. I've always been that way. Mm-hmm. And so because I've always been that way, it, it was one of those things where it was, like, I'm not going to offer information if mm-hmm. no one asks. And so no one had asked up until that point. Right. And so, and I mean, like, the friendships that I developed there are, like, Obviously, because I'm back, friendships yeah. that I still have sure. to this day. And so I definitely, like, don't regret it. And it was super beneficial for me, but right. just, like, very much not. Like, the Bible school itself wasn't beneficial. Well, that's that's kind of interesting that, like, and maybe this is being... Except ma- that it made me realize that, like... It wasn't for you. Yeah. Well, you know what? And maybe this is, like, a little too, like, highfalutin, but, like... I do kind of feel like at a certain point, like religion and like learning from the Bible and stuff like that is a little bit misconstrued for a lot of people where like, like we don't need, you don't need to like actually be like uh, this specific thing happened. Like there was a tower that everyone lived in and then God destroyed the tower and scattered the people and changed their language. It's more like, like what is like the moral lesson or like. Like what? Like right. What is the decoded version of this? You know, so it's almost like which you... was like that was a, th- a big part of me leaving there. Like, it kind of helped me figure out what my own beliefs were. That's awesome. Apart from, so it kind of like that's like all the Bible kind of is, right? Is like right. A, is like a slingshot to get you. And so for some people, the literalism of it helps them get to mm-hmm. the good place. But as long as you're getting to the same place, well, yeah. And so like up until that point, because of the church that I went to and the way I was raised in the church, mm-hmm. I um, 
like I had such like this bitterness against organized religion. For okay. Was like so against it. Uh-huh. Um so like when I went there it kind of like their whole plan backfired, really. Because instead of it instead of me thinking like Okay, yeah, organized religion is cool. Mm-hmm. Christianity is cool. It's like a cool thing that I'm you're into. You're like, no it's just way. like, no, you guys are all bullshit. Like, <laughs> literally, you're reading this book that talks about like Jesus being like this cool dude who's just like hanging out with everyone and trying to treat. Yeah, people and then you're right. being uh, trying to treat like just love everyone and treat yeah. them cool, and then it'll, it'll all be cool. Like that's not what you guys do. So. Right. And it sounds like you also kind of implied that your mom had a moment of turning? Later in life. Okay, so it was... I think think my mom's moment of turning was getting old and having, like, like, a young kid and just being, like, totally over it. Yeah, okay. That was my mom's moment of turning. And having her children all grow up and start talking to her... About. As a friend rather than as... Sure. A mother. Sure. And, like, her having to come to terms with, like, the world changing around her <laughs> kind of is what got my mom. I mean, my mom is still super religious. But it's different. It's a different version. But it's different. And she left the church that we had been going to my whole childhood, mm-hmm. which was, like, super condemning and, like, very much, like... Fire and it was, Yeah, it was, like, one of those churches that it was, like, the appearance of sin is a sin. Sure. Yeah. So it was one of those churches where I was in high school and my mom would be like, I want to stay over this kid's house after prom. Mm -hmm. It was a bunch of people, but my mom would be like, no, because Mm -hmm. it's a boy's house. Yeah. It's the appearance of, even if you're not drinking, you can't go to the party because it's an appearance of sin. Awesome. Which is like, what? Yeah. And then like she got to the point where like she left that church and then it was like. Different. Oh, that's literally ridiculous. Yeah. Um, well, it's also, I mean, but that's, a, I think, like, things like that, like, being told that, mm-hmm. that's, like, part, it's, like, that's, like, a Lego brick in your little stack, you know? Yeah. Like, no matter what. Well, my little brother just told my mom a couple weeks ago that he doesn't believe in God. Ooh. And then he was... He's, like, how old? 17? 17. And then he was talking to me on the phone, and he was mad at her reaction. He was mad that she didn't want to talk to him about it and that she was very upset that he said that. And my reaction to him was, what did you expect? What kind of idiot tells their mother who's obsessed with God that they don't believe in God? Hold that in. Keep it to yourself. Wait till you're like 35. You don't have to talk to her about it. That's such a 17-year-old thing. mom don't discuss. What reaction did you expect? Yeah. You told Bobby you don't believe in God. You literally made her the saddest human. <laughs> I probably did some shit like that. I probably was like, like I definitely had like a shitty teenager. Like, yeah, I'm confirmed now. I don't need to go to church anymore. See, I wasn't like I don't. I had no idea who I was mm-hmm. until I left college. Well, let's keep the train moving, dude. So. So I came to Missouri. So you came to Missouri, and then Missouri. you went home, and then and then I moved, and then I got a DUI, and I went to jail. Damn. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In little Pennsylvania, prison, little prison rat. Ooh. Yeah. 
In Pennsylvania, got a DUI. Spend seventy-two hours in the clank. Mm-hmm. And that that was a formative moment. Oh yeah. But not for the reasons people think. think. What was the? I loved going going to jail. I would go back you? in a heartbeat. It was one of the most rewarding seventy-two hours of my life. But you're not proud of the DUI. I'm not proud of the DUI. Yeah. I'm not proud sh- of it, but I'm should. not mad at it. You should be mad at it. You should be mad at yourself. Be- having a DUI is like the most selfish thing. Like that's like a pretty... Well, yeah, that's like but pretty having silly. a DUI, I can tell you that like... You're not... It's not a selfish thing because you're not... I mean, it is a selfish thing when you make that decision. Yeah. But you also aren't aware of the decision that you're making. Yeah, but you're... Does that make sense? Yeah, but if you had, like... Like, I should have had the wherewithal before. Yes, 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 yes. Right. Yeah, like, but it's also, like, like, silly for you to be, like, from now, years later, be like, I'm not mad. Like, you should be like, oh, this was a shitty... Yeah, but I'm not mad at it because I went to jail and going to jail for 72 hours was, like, one of the best things that I've ever done. Yeah, but what if you fucking killed someone or something? I don't know. But what I if- didn't. If I killed someone, then I'd obviously be mad at it. I'm going to be... I di- almost killed myself. I rolled right. my car over. I know. I'm going to be disappointed in you. I know. And I'm going to verbalize how disappointed I am in I you. I know that you're disappointed in me. And I'm going to move on from... But I'm not going to move on from my disappointment, but I'm going to say that maybe you should repent a little bit more. No, and I have... I th- okay, so I feel bad... Like, yeah, you know what I mean? But like at this point in my life, you're like, yeah, it was a thing that happened. Okay. Yeah, it was a thing that happened. You can't, you can't take it. Okay. Fine. I can't take it back. I'm still going to verbalize I know, my, like where I was at that point in my life, which was like, I moved back from Kansas city and you were I was living with my parents. Yeah. I didn't want to be there as miserable. Mm-hmm. I was working at like a shitty job that I didn't like. Yeah. Like, people i didn't like yeah i wasn't i mean it doesn't not make sense i'm so i'm gonna i can't like really i can't be like you're an idiot yeah you should not have done that obviously but to me i guess that's so obvious that i don't i'm gonna verbalize my act of disappointment (laughs) and we're gonna move on uh the jail 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 was super cool um i learned a lot i Mm -hmm. learned how to make deviled eggs I learned... From who? Cindy, my cellmate. Okay. I learned... I learned... Um, skywriting. You learned which, how to skywrite? Yeah, just not like what you think like a, with a plane. So skywriting in jail is where, like, all the windows that face the yard are blacked out. Uh-huh. And the guys will take, like, white pieces of paper... And there's like a shorthand and they'll spell out letters and then the girls will respond back to them with like sign language, but it's not sign language. It's like their own shorthand, mm-hmm. but you have to be like really sneaky about it because the guards can't see you because you're not allowed to be communicating. Mm-hmm. It's called skywriting. Sweet. So you had a love, love habit. Well, what, I mean, what's like the real jail thing that you're like pecking at? Like what? Um, Jail was super rewarding for me because it was like I stop crying. You're spoiled, and you're not the you're not today's guest. Um, (laughs) this dog that has been standing next to the mic the whole time. Um, little girl. So it was like 
just being able to talk to these girls mm-hmm. and like the girls that I met and their stories and then like literally women who were 30 years old and had never in their lives been told that they had worth as a human being. Mm-hmm. Like it just like crushed me and so like and I would like talk to them and I would tell them these things because I was also coming right out of IHOP so I was like really in that mode where I was just like you have worth as a human Mm -hmm. you have not failed Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like there was a girl who was like in her early 30s they want to say like 32 maybe okay she had three kids the oldest of which was nine Mm -hmm. and she said to me she was like when I get out, there's no point in getting clean. My ex won't let me see the kids. I've already failed as a mother. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, Shit. that's not yeah. true at all. Your oldest kid is nine years old. If you get out and you get... And I was like, yeah, it'll take time. Yeah. It might take years for you to be able to see them again. But they're going to remember that you worked that hard. Mm-hmm. And like, there was a girl who was in there and she was pregnant. And... What was she in for? Heroin. Fuck. And um, she told me that when she was 19, or she told me she was 15, her dad shot himself in front of her, like in their living room. Fuck, 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 fuck. When she was 19, her mother died of a heroin overdose in front of her. And like, how do you explain? How can you expect it? That's her whole life. That's yeah. who she knows. Yeah. They get out and they go back to the people they know. Yeah. So like how do you expect them to get anywhere? Yeah. No one had ever told her that she was beautiful. No one had ever told her that she had worth as a human being. Mm-hmm. And like people need to hear that. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize it until you meet someone who's literally never heard it. Like I always took it for granted growing up with three older brothers and a father mm-hmm. that always told me, like, never settle. You deserve the best. Like, mm-hmm. my father, like, literally treated me like a princess. <laughs> so, like, that was something that I just took for granted. Right. And, like, I still had insecurities and struggles. Yeah. So, like, I can't even imagine these girls. And so, for me, it was it was hard because I realized that. There was no... To them, there was no one on their... They had no one on their side. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact, because they told me that I, even if for that moment, I made them feel like they were worth something. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a really big thing for me. And I, I mean, that's, I'm I, so, that's amazing. I, I want... still write letters to one of the girls. Awesome. Um, but it's but, not. So it was super rewarding. Yeah. And like, I would definitely do it again. Just for that, just to be able to like, you know, for a weekend, Mm -hmm. make these girls feel like they had a future. Well, so you were what, 20 or 21? I'm 21. Okay. So it sounds like, and not that you're not formed Mm -hmm. at least a a bit or a lot at that age, but it sounds like maybe that experience kind of helped you contextualize like being an adult and like, like, like. Like was it maybe even specifically like being a woman and, and and what kind of lessons you need to learn? Oh yeah, I think that that experience definitely did like it definitely put a lot into perspective. Hey, 
whining is for babies and you're a grown woman yeah she wants to be on the on the show but it's okay um, um i think it definitely like in that moment in being there mm-hmm. i was like constantly being surprised and i think like once i got out mm-hmm. and like had to like go back to like interacting with people and trying to explain to people right like these girls that i met and them kind of having no sympathy yeah that like i think is where the formation happened Mm -hmm. i think while i was there it was kind of just like my instinct i was like i need to treat these girls the way they should be treated also i went in and i was like i firmly believe that if you love someone they will treat you well people will treat you how you treat them Mm -hmm. So if I go in there and I am kind mm-hmm. and I am loving and mm-hmm. I'm understanding the, and like and I just treat them like regular human beings mm-hmm. then it'll be fine. Sure. And that was proven to me. Yeah. That yeah, these girls like treat each other like shit. Yeah. But they were all so nice to me. Yeah, and yeah. Because I genuinely cared. Sure. And I could see that. Mhm. And, like, even, like, the little things. Like, there was a... Like, I had 15 minutes phone time. Who was like, I didn't need to call anyone. Yeah. No one would answer anyway. It was a collect call. Mm -hmm. And so I just gave it away. Yeah. I just gave it to this one girl. And she, like, tried to give me something in return. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, you don't have to... You don't have to give me anything. And she was, like, baffled. And I was like... She was like... I don't trust that. Why would you give me something? Oh my gosh. And, like, why would you just give this to me? Oh my gosh. And I was like, because I don't need it. Yeah. So why would I hang on to it? Like, right. either I keep it and it just goes to waste or I give it to someone who can sure. use it. They just, like, they had never experienced, like, someone being not 100% selfish. Sure. I mean, that's amazing. Them. That's incredible. And, and you know, it's like. Outside? Oh. <laughs> She's. Yeah. Yeah, she's giving you a hug. The dog's the the, the second guest. Um, well, it's a, you know it's like a phrase, and I don't I can't attribute this, and I think I've maybe even said it on the show before, but like, uh, is I heard somewhere on some podcast or something that like hate is a lack of creativity. I believe that. You know, and that's like sounds like what what your like awakening there was was that like to have like love for a person that is maybe typically not a good you know like not like a good person socially like like you found the creativity and the means to like have love for them whereas like other people who would just be like oh this woman does heroin she's a bad person yeah they can't imagine a world where they would associate with that i definitely have a lot of empathy and i've always been a very empathetic Mm -hmm. person um but I also, bless you, I also definitely nope. have a lot of, I don't know, I think coming out of IHOP, one of the biggest things I took with me, which which was even like furthered in um, jail, was me being like, treat others the way that they want, that you you want them to treat you mm-hmm. and it'll pay off. If you love people the right way, mm-hmm. 
you're going to get the best out of them. Sure. If you treat people like... If you treat people like they're assholes, they're going to be assholes to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. one of those things where it's like, if you expect the worst out of someone, you're going to get the worst out of them. Sure. That's an old-fashioned respect. <laughs> and, yeah. It's just like, I... And it's like something also that like I've had to learn how to handle because it's one of the reasons why I was like a huge pushover. Not even a pushover, just for a really, really long time. I'd say up until like the past two years, I was giving like 200%, mm-hmm. but I wasn't expecting anything back. Sure. So I was constantly just like, like I was giving a lot, but I wasn't. We weren't respect. Is that's maybe a lack of respect for yourself or something like that? No, I think it's. I don't think it has anything to do with whether or not I deserved it. I think it was just because I felt I was more of like I can handle myself. I don't want other people to handle me. Sure. And that makes sense. But I will help them handle them. Right. You know what I mean? No, that makes sense. Um, well, so let's, so... So then I moved, I went to, after I got my DUI, I moved to New York City. Pretty soon after? Yeah. Yeah. Super soon after. Okay. Um, spring break. I got my, well, I got my DUI in February, and then Lauren was studying abroad in Paris, Mm -hmm. and she went on spring break, and we went to France Mm -hmm. to visit her in April. Okay. And then the week after we got back from Paris, I moved to New York City. So you were like, you were like 21 when you moved to New York City. Something like that. I just turned 22. You just turned 22. Uh, and how long were you there, total? Um, it's actually, I moved, I met Tim in October. <laughs> so maybe we don't need to do years. years ago. So, uh... So the spring before that. I don't... Or like the winter. You you lost me and anyone listening to this. I lost Four life. or five years? No. Three? Three years. So like 22 to 25. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. 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 Sure. Okay. So about three years, <laughs> uh, you moved to New York, and New York... Time is just a myth. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so you moved to New York, and that was so yeah. So you kind of that had, was like a point in my life where I was just like, you know what, fuck everything. So, but you had found yourself at that point. I had found myself, and the myself. I found myself. I don't, I don't know. I had found myself, but I didn't realize that I had found myself. So you wanted to do anything. When I moved to New York. Yeah. I moved to New York and I was like, I've been living my life literally based on like. Everyone else. Your parents. Everyone else. What my parents expect from me. Mm -hmm. What, you know, what certain people expect from me. I was like, and I still royally fucked up. So like, obviously it's not doing any good. So. I. I'm living in New York City. I don't have to pay rent. I literally have nothing to do right now. I have no responsibilities. That's what happened. I moved there and I was like, I have no responsibility Mm -hmm. to a person. I have no responsibility. Like, I just literally can do anything. anything. Sure. 
So I was like, what do I want to do? I want to get... This was my mm-hmm. thought process. I was like, I want to get laid. <laughs> I want to have sex with a bunch of hot dudes. Uh-huh. And I want to do drugs. <laughs> and I just... And I want to meet people and be ridiculous and I want every moment of my life to be as hilarious as possible so, you, so I'm gonna make that happen so you were reacting to and everything and I just did make it happen so, but you were that was a react it smells like that was a reaction from your life previous yeah that was a reaction of like 25 or like 20, 22 years yeah. of me being like f- making decisions based on what sure. I thought other people wanted sure, from sure, me sure, sure. and then I was finally like no what do I want for myself yeah Literally not thinking about anything. No, like, I don't give a fuck about religion. Uh I don't, like, college, bye, been there, done that. I literally went to jail. So at this point. Who the hell cares? Like, it's all uphill from here. And would you sum up your New York? As long as I don't become, like, I can't become a hobo because I'm living rent free. Yeah. So, so, would you sum up your three years in New York as generally just that statement? Yeah. Yeah. It well, just I, sum, a progressing version of when just I like. When I talk to people, I sum up my three years in New York as. Like, I just explained to them that my decision making process was. I would ask myself one question. If I wrote a memoir, would this be a funny story? It, yes, done. Decision made. <laughs> I mean, I went. That's why I bought one ticket to see Beyonce in France, and then had to go to France and see Beyonce by herself. By myself. <laughs> Sarah came to France with me, but she couldn't get a ticket. Because they were too expensive. So I went to a Beyonce concert in France by myself. Good. And then Sarah and I spent the rest of that week in Paris. Just hanging. Just like banging dudes. Good for you, dude. Just like running train. <laughs> and I think it was like, definitely in New York is where I found like my power as a woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I sure, mean? Sure, sure. Where I kind of like took those things that my mother taught me. And reapply and, and reapply them to my sure. own life. That makes sense. Like y'all need a man. Yeah. <laughs> Damn right, Teresa. <laughs> like, like you said it, and now we're gonna see how that works. Uh, so New York was really great. New why'd York you move out of New York? I love I, how I love how you're 72 hours in jail. We talked a ton, and then New York, you were just like. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, literally New York, but that was New York. Just running, train sure. on dudes, hitting up some Molly. I got roofied. That was sure. a real thing that happened. Damn. You At a Justin Bieber album release party. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the memoir. The point <laughs> is, I was gonna get roofied. That's where I. That's where you So you've got the memoir. The memoir yeah. has been written in in the ether. Uh, but why, so what, what took why you? Why leave New York City? Uh, but, I mean, you were having a crazy time. You were doing all this shit. I was having why, so much fun. Why did you move that. out? My boss moved to Florida. You were a personal assistant. I was a personal assistant. My boss moved to Florida. Um, and then I started working at, like, a shoe boutique. Okay, yeah, I think I remember that. Um, 
which I tried because I was like, okay, it's a lot of responsibility. It's opportunity for like me to like take on bigger positions, so I could do it for the time being. But like I hated it. Yeah, I don't blame you. Hated it so bad, and and so right around the time where I was looking for new jobs, Mm -hmm. in fact. It was like I had an interview at Victor and Rolf. What's that? Um, they're, it's a designer. Okay. And I had an interview to like, be an assistant to their creative director. Oh, wow. Which is like a big job. Um, well, at least like a foot in the door. Yeah. Big job. Um, and... Like crazy hang. That was a cat. And they wanted me like mostly to work with sax on like their sax on fifth app, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had that interview that day and that morning. I was talking to my mom and she was talking to me about how they were thinking they would have to hire someone to take um, care of your to grandmother. take care of my grandmother. Right. Ooh. And that was kind of like when like I made the decision with my mom and with Kelly who was my roommate mm-hmm. at the time, who I'm, like, super, super close to. Mm-hmm. Um, I made the decision with them, and, like, we all talked about it, and kind of decided that. You were ready to move on. For me, my next move, like, it was, it was time for me to come home again. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't sure if I was, like, necessarily moving in the direction I wanted to move. You know what I mean? It was, like, it came time to, like, think about what's next. Did you have have a... I don't want to necessarily, like, jump the gun on anything, Mm -hmm. but was there a a master plan at that point at all? Like, I mean, it sounds like you were just like, oh, I'm living in the moment, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But, like, was there a... There wasn't a master plan, and I think that had, like, a big... I think that was definitely one of the reasons why I went back to Pennsylvania, because that was, like, what I would do. Bob's going nuts. It's okay. Um, That was, like, what I would do whenever I was, like, ready for the next thing, but mm -hmm. I didn't know what the next thing was. I'd go home. And then and, get my shit together. But, okay. So I went home to take care of your grandmother. To take care of my grandmother, and it was just like I just go. It was like okay, I'm not sure I want to be. I don't like my job in New York. I have to find a new job anyways. It just kind of made sense. Whatever yeah. it was, and it, it made was sense. like Bobchi needs someone to take care of her. I can mm-hmm. go home, move in with her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It made sense. No, that's true. So. I did that, and then I met Tim, and so I stayed home. How long were you home before you met Tim? Less than a year, maybe about nine months. Okay. So, so, so you meet a boy. Meet a boy. And you stay home because of it for two years, about. Mm-hmm. Or has it been two? It was it. Two years, no, like year I was home for three years, and home. it made sense because like a year and a half is like usually my like cutoff point where mm-hmm. I'm just like I need to move. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> and I felt that, and it, but I didn't. But you didn't. Because I was like, I need to move. Mm-hmm. But there is a little bit bigger. This of a is thing. like a thing uh-huh. that could be my 
future. Well, and it, it's funny, too. So, I'm not going to leave. Because yeah, also, at huh. that point, when I had that thought, it was like, he and I weren't at the point where it was like a discussion. Right. It would have literally just been like, me leaving. Yeah. And being like, sorry about the relationship. <laughs> but you stayed. Bye. But it's but it's funny because it feels like every but I stayed and then like oh well R.I. Pizza you know well we can breeze through this too soon we can we can breeze <laughs> through this for the sake of for the sake of the podcast for the sake of the podcast and for the sake of not putting your for the sake of the podcast two and a half years seems like a promising relationship but it's not don't put steak in anything ah <laughs> oh uh do you do we we'll just we'll just say it and then we'll move on. No, it's okay. I giggle about it. So when did you move to Kansas City? Like a death City? joke about it. When did it. you move to Kansas City? October. So you've been in Kansas City now for six months? Yep. About six months. six months. So you moved to Kansas City. You're going to move here with your longtime boyfriend. Yeah. And then it's... I went home to pick him up and he was like, no, thank you. And I was like, well, uh-huh. you're wrong. So Bye. And then we said goodbye and we broke up. And, and that was a month. So that was about a month and a half ago. That was about a month and a half ago. Dude, this is a crazy. I'm for a letter. This is a crazy time for you to be on this podcast now, and not that, not that I'm not, but not that I'm not like, wow, like, like you've told me more about your past than you in 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 four years of knowing you. Yeah, you've told me more about yourself in the last hour and fifteen minutes mm-hmm. than you ever have. Well, yeah, because like I don't talk about it a lot. Like if it comes up, it comes up, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm right. not like one of those people who's like, let's have a discussion. Nah, I'm not either. But okay, so, uh, because like I could learn, I could literally know everything there is to know about you, mm-hmm. but it like it doesn't matter. You're but I know you now. Sure, sure, so sure, sure. Why is that? Well, okay, so we're so we're we're breezing past certain bullet points. Timmy. <laughs> Um, we got to do this again in like a year. Bye. We're going to do this again in like a year, right? Okay. Um, anyways. Uh, so, so, so let's talk now that we're caught up mm-hmm. to the present day. You're um, right. uh, and I know you got to get to work soon, so we'll definitely wrap up no, in the next okay. couple. Um, I might just be like 530. <laughs> cool. Uh, so, well, let's talk. Is there, so, so, so at the end of the sentence, right? Like at the end of like Pennsylvania and, and Bible camp in New York and DUI, all of these things. And it could be a changing thing, but right now, do you, is there like a mission statement or like a mantra or some un, overall umbrella that you're resting under? Right now in lo- in light of the breakup. Uh-huh. Um, Which is crazy that we're doing this now because it's right. now a sh- you're, because now is definitely a, a time a, where I'm like you're up against the tidal wave right I'm now. Figure, I'm figure. I sure. I just had something that I thought was like a sure thing yeah. and for my future, and then it's gone, like ripped away from sure. me. Sure. So now I have to like reassess. Uh, yeah. Like I feel like Tina, just like. Uh, Oh, Bob's Burgers. I don't watch yeah. Bob's Burgers that much. You should watch it more because it's great. Uh, I don't really love it. One man's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm like, I don't I don't know. Like, right now, I guess... I'm like somewhere between... How I was in New York. Uh-huh. 
which is just kind of like, fuck it. I'm going to do what I want, what uh-huh. I want, doesn't matter. And being 28 and having responsibilities. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when I was in New York, I didn't have responsibilities. Now but like, have. I, now I do. Like, I have car payment. Yeah. I have, like, I have bills to pay. You're right. I have to be a responsible adult mm-hmm. about things. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a job that I like and that, that I enjoy. But I'm also at a place where it's like long term I always saw myself as like taking care of family. Like that was what I wanted to do. And uh-huh. it's not something that you can like aspire to because it's not something that you can It's not a guaranteed thing. It's not a guaranteed thing. It's not you can't go D- to school for it. Despite- and then get a job in it. But you also- know, like you have to meet someone who you Yeah. Genuinely care about. Like well, no, I guess you don't. No, like some um, people do that. But despite, despite, like, especially, like, I feel like you and I are from a bit of a similar situation in the come up, where like, despite it, like, having parents together and a bunch of siblings and a mm-hmm. house that you stayed in, like, like, and it being like, oh, family, this is the thing that I'm after. Yeah. It does. Does it need to be? I, you know, well, like, no, like so it's, like, but I mean, not that does it need to be, but it's, that's not a guarantee necessarily. Right. And I think that was something that was always like super hard for me growing up was that I didn't necessarily have any of like these like career goals or career ambitions. Sure. I've always enjoyed taking care of people mm-hmm. and the things that I enjoy doing most are like, I like being on a schedule that I make. Mm-hmm. I like doing laundry. Okay. I like. What about laundry? Do you things. like? What's what, what about what's the thing about laundry? It's just so rewarding, and I don't understand how people don't like doing laundry. Like saying this is someone that did laundry for the first thirty minutes of this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Actively um, did laundry. Like folding. Yeah. Which oh, fold. is like. It's just so re- every yeah. part of it is really rewarding. Yeah, sure. You put. Dirty clothes in a washer, and they then come they out and clean. they smell so nice. Yes. And then you put them in the dryer, and they come out and they're so warm. Sure. They smell so nice. And then you you take like this pile of wrinkled shit, and you just like you make it. I just like things being organized. So I love it's very it. rewarding to me to I love it. to do laundry. Yeah. So you you have your. You, I like cooking. I like taking care of people. I I don't know. It's just like. But do you know how inspiring like that is? managing a home. And I yeah. get that, like, that's not, like, I don't know. I've gotten a lot of flack from that. No, but do you know how inspiring that is? People being like, how, like, yeah, but you say you're a feminist, so how do you aspire to be a housewife? And I'm like, uh... The... I don't know. Okay, I'll be a man, like, I would love to manage someone's home in the yeah. Hamptons. <laughs> That's cool too. Yeah, but the thing. Uh, but like, if it also comes with like a dude who cares about me and supports you, and like I get to bone on the regular, then like that's even better yeah. than being a house manager in the Hamptons. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, but 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 that's like I wouldn't discredit yourself because as someone that so often leads with like career, and, I don't discredit myself. I I know you don't. But 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 that's like so many people are chasing 
abstract things. And for you to be someone that literally is just like, I like laundry. Yeah. Fuck it, man. If you like, that's what everyone should be doing. It should be being like, just do whatever, do what you want. But what's the life that I like living? And let me just lead with that and fill in the gaps. It's so hard for me though, because it's like, that's not something you can go to school for. No, but it's something. That's, That's something that like, and yes, I could settle, mm-hmm. but, but what I want coupled with how I've been raised with like literally my father, like there was one time where my, I was like walking really, I would like always move really slow mm-hmm. and we were leaving for church in the morning and my mom was really mad because I was taking forever to like get in the car. Mm-hmm. She was like, Sarah, you're moving so slow. I'm going to, if you're not in this car in five minutes, I'm leaving without you. Mm-hmm. And I said, Dad said I'm worth waiting for. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. And she was like, you've got to be kidding me. Ah. And she was so angry. Yeah, that's She was like, that's not what he meant. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's how I took it. I was just sure. like, Dad you're- said I'm worth waiting for. So well, it's, the, it's the best that you're so, and you've always, as long as I've known you, you've always been so you first and so, and so confident. And I think there's, that's something that I've really personally learned from you and i think that that's something that a lot of people that's that that, that's something that a lot of people have a deficit of Mm -hmm. i think and not that people aren't self-confident i think for me at least learning that was hard because i'm the type of person that's like i want to take care of people Mm -hmm. and i want to put other people first but i did i had like this time where i realized that if i you can't help someone else yeah. If you're not okay. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like that makes, if that makes I'm a ton not of... helping myself, then I I'm not going to be any good to anyone else. That's so I that I can't I, something as simple as that is something I have such a hard time verbalizing that is like if you can't find it in yourself to love yourself and care for yourself, yeah. like you're you're just not going to do it for other people in the in in a proper way or in a healthy way or in a way that's like super everlasting because you, 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 despite how selfless you want to be, you, you kind of need to leave. You still have to take care of yourself. You kind of need to take care of yourself. Yeah. You can't give what you don't have. Right. Oh, if if you're not taking care, you know what I mean? Like if you're constantly just like, if kind of like expecting other people to give to you as well. Yeah. Which is, like, a thing that I've just, like, stopped doing. A, because it's not their responsibility. But also, like, I'm at the age now where I've come to the point where it's, like, if I'm in, like, relationships with people who aren't giving anything to me, then mm-hmm. those aren't relationships that I want to be in. Sure. <clears throat> because I can't keep giving to them if I'm not getting anything. I love Back, it. Eventually, I'm going to run out. I love it. That's it. That's so, you know what I mean? Like, I've just very much like gotten to the point where it's like I need to take care of myself so that I can take care of other people. Yeah. So that's what my goals and aspirations are: to be happy. Beyonce said it best on her album. To quote, she said it after I said it. So sorry. What'd she say? What's the Beyonce quote? So like, she did the album and she was like in a beauty pageant, and they asked her like, "What are her ambitions?" And she's like, my, what do I want? What, blah, 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 to be happy. Huh. And it was like a big thing. It was like, I don't know, like a moment. Yeah. In the, 
in the Beyonce awesome. canon. Yeah. But for me, I was like, that's it. And I wish that, like, a lot of the time growing up, I knew that's what I wanted. But everyone was like, okay, but you also need this. And you need this. And you need this to survive. And it took me figuring it out for myself to be like, mm, no. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. Yeah. Like, I know that I need the bare minimum of other, like, practical things. And those are things that I'm willing to sacrifice for what I want. I love it. Which is just, like, I want to be happy. That's it. I want to take care of people. I want a family. I want to, like, I want to live the way I'm living now, but, like, also, like, loving someone. Mm -hmm. Which is the thing I had, and then I lost in wrestling pizza, and all the pizzas gone. Yeah, there's other people you love in your life, though. That's true. We there's need... other people that I love in my life. We can just what's this? We'll just we'll just strong arm that man. We're staying away from the breakup right now. Bye. To quote Jock James, "Shoot, there it is." Yeah. That there it is, and just because I uh, this is this is the other like. Uh, like, there's the little intro bit that mm-hmm. I have, and then there's the little outro Extra bit. bit. Just because a lot of times, it, it and even more so with with you, I feel like we, like, got in, we got in, we, we jumped into the deep end, dude. We did. We went off the high dive. You know how there's, like. We went off the high dive into the deep end. You know how there's the height, the high dive height where it can't be a springboard anymore? It just can be a platform because it's dangerous to have a springboard. No, I've never been that Like, way. in Olympic diving, when they're doing, like, 50 oh, feet jumps, there, it's a platform. It's not a spring. I didn't know that. Yeah, you like that? We went off We went off the platform. We couldn't... We didn't do the springboard. There um, was no spring. Uh, no spring attached. Uh, the NSYNC album. Remember? Yes. No strings attached. Uh, okay, so let's let's cap it. Let's, let's eject our seat and not end on such, like, a... Not a downer. Not note, a Debbie downer. Um, what, uh, what's your favorite ice cream? Mint chocolate chip. Mint chocolate chip. Why? The why is the most important part. Because it's good and I like eating it. I don't. Well, so you don't like an involved. You don't like an involved of the ice cream necessarily. Like mint's not a very involved. Ice no, cream. when I think of like what's my favorite ice cream, I think of what ice cream do I enjoy eating the most. Is there nothing like about like cons- like I'm talking conceptually? What do you like about mint? I don't think of ice cream conceptually, Ryan. This is who I'm as a person. Do I like this ice cream? Do I want to eat it? Yeah, mint chocolate chip. You can't go wrong. If I'm at the grocery store and I'm like, mm, I want ice cream. I don't know what kind of ice cream I want. Mint. Probably mint chocolate chip. I love mint. It's got chocolate. It's, it's green. Mint. I guess it's like great because it's like sweeter than vanilla. Mm-hmm. It's like different, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. But it's also got chocolate. You it's st- the Miley Cyrus of ice cream. You started that paragraph. Hannah Montana. You started that paragraph with, I don't think about ice cream conceptually, Ryan. And then you conceptually <laughs> thought about your ice cream choice. It felt like you were Boom. making me. And you did it. It is great. It's the Hannah Montana I think you of can ice learn, cream. I think, you can learn, I think you can learn a lot about someone by their favorite ice cream. The why. It's all about the why. Okay. Think about it. Just think about it. Start asking people. Um, there she is, dude. Sarah May. I would start asking people, but I don't care about Haha. <laughs> There you you don't have anything to plug. Some people have things to plug. You don't have I don't have anything to plug. You don't, you, you're such a you don't even use social media really. Barely. Yeah. I mean you do. I mean you have it, but you don't do it. Sarah Mayhoff, 
she's here. She's in the flesh. What a great conversation, dude. Thanks. You're, the, you're one of the best. You're one of the all-time best. Do you know that? That's. I do my best, and that's the best I can do. Yeah. Well, there you are, dude. We did it. We did the dang thing. Now we both have to go to work. <laughs> right? I have to change my jeans because I can't work in work jeans. Rest in pizza. The end. <laughs>